I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to stay away from obvious, like, you know, your heroes. Well, obviously I would choose Spider-Man, but that's not what I would uh, sure. know, go for. I think Spider-Man has, um, in my opinion, probably the best like moral compass when it comes to being a hero. Like he's the one that will make, you know, the, uh, hard decisions mm-hmm. and, you know, just, you know, things like who do I save the people I love or the whole city? It's like yeah. he's usually put into those situations, and I've heard somebody say this before, and I don't know if it's true, but they basically said that uh, Peter Parker has never lost a fight in canon, but he did lose a lot. Like right. that idea that you know he always took the the bad guy down or something. And I heard somebody say that it was uh, um, only once that he lost a fight because I think it was Doc Ock took over his body and couldn't do everything he did or understood like how everything went. And then he got taken out. So on a technicality, Spider-Man lost. Right. Right. I see what you're saying. But, um, so, yeah. So what, so tonight, what are, what is it that, uh, you you said, we're going to go through a couple questions, things like that. And then, you know, kind of just take it from there. But like, so this first question that you had, you know, read to me was very interesting. Um, what, what was it again? So, uh, Tonight, we are starting off uh, the episode with questions. Usually, we've been ending uh, doing a half-hour break. That was to kind of take care of some technical things and mm. to see if we could uh, fix some things in post as far it as didn't. maybe some uh, um, syncing issues and such, which it really doesn't matter. So, we decided to <laughs> sprinkle in the questions this time and try something different. And yeah. you guys, again, had so many good questions, and it was so wild to just see how intellectual that you know our following is and the things that they do want to know and like they have a, a genuine curiosity there and it's it's really really awesome it, it uh made me mad i didn't think of some of these questions you know so um there were a lot of them i've chosen five we may not even get through all these five but the first one for sure um which i'm trying not to repeat people as much as possible but um, i get it cure is back for this one and uh they say um or they ask rather what traits make a person a hero to you guys. Mm. And I think that when it comes to somebody being a hero, it's, you know, it's stereotypical, but you know, the firefighters during nine 11, you know, the guys that ran into that building that was falling down Mm -hmm. to save people. Um, you know, the, uh, parent that, uh, you know, works so much during the week, but still makes it to every soccer practice. Like, um, I, I think that it's really at the core of both of those examples and I could rattle off many more, but um, selflessness T- yeah. to me, I think that, you know, there's a lot of people that can do a lot of heroic things or they can, you know, uh, be an inspiration for you or they can be, you know, these different things. But at the end of the day, if they're doing it for personal gain, it kind of loses, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the whole impact of what they're doing that it's like they did it because they want something instead of they did it because it was the right thing to do. Yeah, and I agree. Yeah, so th- that's where I would stand. But uh, as far as you, uh, what you think, well, I mean, it's I, I think it's pretty much the same thing. It's that kind of like um, humbleness where they they don't ask or want to be the hero. They just do the thing, whatever it is, or things that they do, and mm-hmm. make them a hero. It's like you said, like the firefighters, you know, things like that that you know run towards the fire while the people are running away from it. Yeah, you know, shit like that. But like. That's just their job. That's just their nature. That's just what they do. Um, ironically enough, the, pe- the the few people that I did pick tonight is it's a very weird 
uh, spread. I'm very curious to see who you uh, picked out because I've got but, two or three depending on time. Yeah, so, yeah. But the thing is, is that the more I thought about it, it was because of the fact of like how they are as a person, mm. and not because, like you said, that they're not doing it for like gain of any sorts yeah so that's yeah that was weird that we both kind of had the same concept on like what makes a hero because they don't ask for they don't mean to be essentially right it's just that's what happens well it's i even told eric before we got started i said uh you know look they don't have to be people that you know these can be fictional characters if you have a good compelling reason as to why these fictional characters you know are your heroes or they you know even as a kid if you looked up to them or Things like that. That's really what I'm looking for in this. Um, I have two real people and one like quote fictional character. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. All right, so you kind of changed it up. See, yeah. mine, see, I feel like I should have thought of maybe uh, should have thought of a fictional one, but uh, well, I left yeah. one out because I figured one was kind of obvious that we would both put on there. So, I, is I, it Batman? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but no. So, um, yeah. So I was to say, why don't we uh, keep this going here with this yeah. whole, you know, like you know, what makes a hero because. That's a, I don't want to say a loaded question, but that's a very good question because it's like, well, why do you, why, you know, why do you follow these people or look up to these people or whatever it is? Mm -hmm. And I think if you have too many heroes that have an agenda, that's bad. Yeah. Um, You know, not to say that some don't, but I think that, yeah, when, when it comes down to it, because that just kind of like, I don't want to say shows who you are as a person, mm-hmm. but the fact that, you know, you don't want to be, you're not looking to be a hero yourself. You're just like, what do these people do? Why, why are they like this? Mm-hmm. I think maybe that's where I stand with it. I don't ever think that I wanted to be a hero in my life, but <laughs> I want to follow footsteps mm. because they're doing something good for the community or for their family or for whatever it is. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to be like that? So, so okay. like, almost like a better man, if you will. Well, let me ask you, uh, who's your first one? So my, <laughs> okay. So my first one is, you did have to put me on the spot here. I didn't have it up here, <laughs> but oh, there it is. Robin Williams. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Going, going the celebrity route. Okay. And yeah, that I think the reason being again, that whole like selflessness, whatever is that, you know, he, one of his things was uh, when he was on set that he wanted to hire like. It was like 30 or 60 homeless people to right. work on the sets and give them food and pay them and then house them. Like who else does that? Hmm. He's also the guy that makes sure everybody in the room is happy and feels good, even though he's probably the most depressed. Hmm. He did it because he didn't want other people to feel like that. And you know exactly what it felt like. Correct. Yeah. And I think I've gravitated towards him a lot over the years just because of things that I've seen maybe in interviews or watched his movies or just kind of like, you know, read stories about him or whatever. But I think he was, if anybody, if you could aspire to be like anybody, it would be Robin Williams. I feel like he was just a very humble human being. He might've been coked up for a while, but man, he still did the right thing. Well, it's, I think that when it comes to Robin is that it's, I mean, not that I know him on a first name basis or anything, but it's like, it's, that's kind of how I, think of him you know it's just like yeah are we we watching a robin movie tonight or robin williams or whatever like there's i mean we're gonna do an entire podcast on the birdcage you know so i mean that's you know i'm not gonna get into that movie tonight but i I think of you know obviously he has his comedic films but when i think of robin williams what comes to my mind is patch adams 
Um, you know, sure. um, you know, even uh, like Insomnia and like all these other like great movies that he did that, you know, he 100 percent could light up a room and, you know, just be the main center of attention that is going to make you laugh until you probably piss yourself. Mm hmm. But having the dynamic range of doing the very dramatic and crying scenes that he's done and the um, impactful things like, you know, the big uh, um, uh, court scene at the end of Patch Adams when he's, you know, compelling everybody that's in the medical field, you know, as Patch did. And it's like it's just it's nuts to see that he was able to have those two sides of of that coin, because when you watch that in live on Broadway, they are two very different things. Yeah. And I, I think that live on Broadway is it's gotta be in my top five just best Facts. live stand up oh, things ever. One hundred percent. Uh Brad Brad and I have probably watched that a hundred and thirty nine <laughs> times yeah, in yeah. a row. <laughs> like it was that and bad boys too. Yeah. And but no, it the the whole Robin Williams thing is you you're you're right, is he did have both sides. He was good at what he at what he did. Mm. But the fact is is that like in my opinion he didn't he didn't uh do it for the fame the fortune he didn't mm-hmm. do it for stuff he just he liked to make people laugh and feel good mm-hmm. he just so happened to get paid a lot of money for it you, right. you know what i mean like that was just kind of like the thing that went with it but you know he just i don't know there was just always something about him that he just he seemed like such a giver mm-hmm. and he was always smiling and happy and like you know all of these things like it was like, you know, he um like he didn't fit in almost like he was kind of like the weird outcast because he always was so happy. <laughs> he was kind of like in that category, like Jim Carrey and things like that, where they were just, well, how are the fuck are you just all, you know, but yeah, cocaine, yeah. like I said, cocaine does probably help a little bit, but no. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that even um his uh, newer stand up, which I always get it mixed up, but is it words of mass destruction or weapons of mass destruction? It's, it's one. Of I the think two. it's words. Okay. Um. Because even then, you can tell that it's a very different Robin. You know that yeah. you know, he's he is sober. He's older now. Like he's had his heart transplant. Like all that stuff. You know, he's gone through life, and to see that probably even in some of his worst moments. You know, even like you know, you've heard uh, we've heard uh, you know the actor uh, that worked with him on Mrs. Doubtfire talking about going into you know his uh, his trailer and seeing him just shaking and you know just being in that state like. It's wild to me that even through all of that, as he got older and until what did occur, but he still just brought it. He just he was still working. He was still mm-hmm. doing everything. He wanted to light up a room. Yeah. And it's it's just it's I, I, I would 100 percent agree. I, I'm kind of mad. I, I, I didn't choose uh, people I didn't know. But for but for, sure. for celebrity stuff, dude, that's a really, really good one. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's wow. All right. So what about you? Um. <laughs> The swear to God, if you say Batman, no, 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 I don't know him. Uh, so, so, uh, my first one, um, is, um, it was a toss up between, uh, Papa and uncle Rex. Okay. Um, I landed on uncle Rex because I think that in a median measurement of things, I think that I have spent more time with him Mm. in car rides and things like that. And, uh, to, to give people some background and anybody that's paid attention, especially on lives, is that uh, mom's best friend, Aunt Heidi, mm. um, who is not we are not related by blood, but she no. is she is our aunt. One hundred percent. Uncle Rex is Aunt Heidi's brother. And I remember being very, very young and 
I dude, it was it's one of my earliest like coherent memories was sitting in the kitchen eating dinner and mom going, all right, honey, you know, uh, Uncle Rex is going to be here. So get get your shoes on, do your thing. And of course, you know, it was around my birthday yeah. because that's that's what Uncle Rex did was that he didn't have children of his own still mm-hmm. to this day does not. But he has nieces and nephews and he spoiled the hell out of us. <laughs> yeah. More than like he did. I, I thought that um, I thought that everybody had an Uncle Rex. Right. Because it was so normal to us. And mm-hmm. it's I mean, we've talked about it in the kitchen many times, but you know, he is he's such a just selfless person. And what I think what really shook me about him, because I didn't understand what Uncle Rex did for a living. Oh, when, really? When I was young, okay. um, he uh, I think he is now since retired. Correct. Or does or does he still work? He, or? He, he's retired, but you know Uncle Rex. He still like fills in for people all the time, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. He um, God, I think Mom was the one that told me. She said that uh, him working as a nine one one dispatcher, mm-hmm. that he was one of the few people, if not the main person, that they said they loved it when he worked because he spoke so clearly. Oh, so yeah. directly. Mm-hmm. And I I don't think that he was ever like 100% perfect, but he rarely made mistakes. Like right. Rex is very fact driven. Oh, dude. And, and just knows exactly what he is talking he is about. Sharp as a tack. Dude. It's just it's I, I remember being a kid and thinking to myself, this is the smartest man I've ever met. Oh, I've thought that many times when I, so, so yeah. it's not just me. No. Okay, oh yeah. I, thought, I used to think that too. I was like, he knows everything. And this was before Google and fucking internet. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, how does, how does he know that? He just <laughs> reads and watches a lot of the history channel, like yeah. essentially, but no, that's yeah. I no, it's not just you. Man, it's. <laughs> Not only did he take us out for our birthdays and, you know, when we were kids, he would take us to toy, Toys R Us or he would, you know, like we could pick out one or two things or maybe yeah. one big thing. You right. Know, um, just depending. And the other thing I loved about him uh, well, from what, being the perspective of being younger was that we went on so many cool field trips. Mm-hmm. We got to see museums that you know not only were like oh here's all the planes and things that you can like yeah. get inside and see all the gears here's uh he took you the, there too yeah like oh yeah, like, yeah. Uh, the mckinley museum where yep. you go into the uh, shadow room where the light flashes and you know your shadows on the wall and it's just you never knew what we like what was going to happen and it was like two or three times a year uncle rex would be like hey we're gonna go take a five-hour drive we're gonna go yeah. to this you know uh, go to southern ohio or wherever it is and go to this really awesome place and i remember a few times being on the way and being like this is gonna be dumb like because it would be like some history thing or like whatever sure. and we would get there and immediately i would get sucked in right and it was just it was crazy i i i never understood how lucky we really were or how blessed that we were with that because like what other uncle is going to, you know, that's not even related to you is going to take you to some of the coolest museums, some of the coolest places. He always took us to the fair. He always like we, like whenever we would go down and hang out with, um, uh, with Mama and Papa when they were still around, like it's, you know, uncle Rex was always a part of that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there was never a time that, you know, anybody was ever secluded, even uncle Ryan and like all that, like when he was living at the house, like, it's just they were such a cool family to grow up with 
And Rex was somebody that, again, I, I just got to spend a lot of time with. And he has the utmost respect for me for the fact that he didn't have to and he wanted to. Oh, for sure. Just there is there is no ounce of selfishness in him. There is no mm-hmm. ounce of I'm better than you. There's no ounce of uh, that he never made you feel small. No, it was just, it, yeah, no. it just, it was crazy. And I remember because Rex is very, very tall. <laughs> I remember like the moment that I realized when I was old enough, when he was like, do you want to get on my shoulders? And I was like, yeah, sure. And that's when my fear of heights was kind of starting. <laughs> and I got up there and kind of freaked out. And he was like, well, God, oh, hold on. Now. He's, like, so then he put me down. He's like, look, if you don't want to be up there, it's okay. Like, I just want, do you want to see above the crowd? Like he didn't even think twice. Like, oh, hop up on my shoulders. Yeah. Like, yeah. And just, it's, that's that's the type of person that he is. And he has since hung out with us. He's come over for like, you know, uh, for barbecues or whatever. Yeah. And he's, he's still the same guy. He's still, and, exactly. Um, for a fun fact for anybody that doesn't know on Riker road, the Elvira cutout is yes. actually uh, a gift from him because he's, he even said, Bob Papa would want you to have this. And it's just, it's just awesome. Dude, and and yeah. yeah, she's the thing that will probably like never change out of the room. No, no, and, no, no. you know, unless there's just like something that we got to do for, you know, a video here and there, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that'll be the one that lives in there forever. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I could talk about uncle Rex all night, but that was, no, that was a good one. He, he genuinely is just, he's somebody that, um, I'm just, I'm honored and flattered that I've even gotten to just experience life in general with him. Hmm. And it's just yeah. just because he is such a unique soul and just is some of the just one some of the coolest things he's uh, said to me, like whenever we've been like driving and like I couldn't think of anything now off the top of my head. But like I've laughed the hardest, like whenever like whenever I was a kid, like sitting in the car, he would say things to me like, oh, you know, this is what happened. You know, oh, uh, or, uh, what was it? Um, Oh, uh, from the breakfast club with the song they whistle. He's like, well, no, actually it's Colonel Sanders has got no balls. Colonel. <laughs> so, like, it's sometimes yeah. I think about those things and they just make me laugh. Right. And it's, I would say that's kind of my soft pickup into uh, either two or three. So okay. uh, that, right. that's, uh, that's, that's my first one. Well, so, do we yeah. have, do we have any more uh, questions? That's, that's actually a good question about questions. <laughs> so um, Python wants to know, how did your parents and teachers shape your view on heroes growing up? Ooh. It's, I don't really know if I have a direct answer uh, to this question, but I think that when it comes to parents, I think mom was the one that kind of uh, shaped it for me of what I would look for in a hero. And um, finally enough, it actually uh, came from, I mean, there's many instances, but the one was actually from uh, Jurassic park um, when the T-Rex gets out of the enclosure and Malcolm is doing his thing, trying to get, you know, uh, the T-Rex's attention and um, Jeff Goldblum gets out and lights it and goes, Hey, hey, hey over here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and right. She and you know he's yelling, no, free, stop it. And he just screams, get the kids. Because he's like, I've got kids. I know exactly what this yeah. is. He's like, you need to protect. Like, this is the only way to protect them. I have to distract this thing. That's a moment that never hit me mm. until I was sitting with mom. And she's like, do you realize what Jeff Goldblum's character just did there? And it's like, wow. Like, it's like, I, I like mom and Aunt Heidi were always the two people that always like would say <laughs> those things. Like, no, like, look at him. Look at the, look what's yeah. happening right now. Like, it's just, I, I think that that's the kind of stuff that I would say maybe shaped me, you know? I mean, cause we did grow up with, you know, growing up in church. So the whole idea of Jesus and everything, I think that that's a given 
in that <laughs> aspect. But um, <laughs> yeah. but I think that was stuff that I think about, like enter- entertainment and the stuff that you know, like has stuck with me even in spite of everything. I, that's that's what I would say I've learned. You know, that's how it's kind of shaped me from parents or teachers or. Whichever. I mean, I I think I'm on the same uh, boat with you. Like I don't really know how to answer that. In the fact of other than. I think, you know, mom was one as well where it's like, you know, they, they kind of, or she kind of, um, made it known to not like idolize people. Right. You you know, like it's, it's okay to like really like somebody or, you know, but it's like the fact of like, kind of almost like where people just get like a cult following or, you know, worship somebody, but it can get creepy quick. Yeah. Where she's, you know, she kind of gave that like boundary of like, no, you know, you can be like, there's a difference between being a fan and a groupie, you know, or whatever it might be. So, (laughs) but no, I think that's really the, uh, the way I would put is that she just, uh, she kind of taught that way of like, you don't, you don't idolize somebody like that. It's okay to be like kind of um, obsessed with them a little bit at first, but like, you know, just let it go. Let let it exist for a little bit. Yeah. Have your, you know, yeah. have your uh, fangirl moment and then, right. and then move on. And, rem- exactly. and remember that, you know, you still have to go to work tomorrow. You exactly. Know? So, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Moving forward. Okay. Who's your second one? So uh, it's uncle Phil. Uncle Phil, hell yeah, okay. And the reason being is just because, you know, not because he was rich, but the fact that he provided for his family, he worked hard, he built Mm. up to that and got them into the situation that they were in as far as school and neighborhood and all this stuff. But then it was also the fact of two other things where he stepped up and was Will's dad. He took, he took the role and didn't take it lightly, Mm. you know? And then the fact of he was on the right side of like, I guess you could say like the law, if you will. And he never let anything slip, but he never was overbearing. Yeah. I think that was the coolest thing where I think maybe that's where I get a little bit of that uh, tough, but fair Mm -hmm. or strict, but fair. Yeah. And it's because he let things slide. But he also was like, all right, okay, <laughs> like, you know, but Uncle Phil was just, it's, he was everybody's dad that didn't have the dad that wanted that dad. Like, yes. you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, it's, it, it's just one of those, like, I, I think because I watched it so much and then, like, you, I kind of re-see clips and things like that. It was just the fact of he was very selfless. He mm. did, like, yeah, he had a lot of money. But he didn't let that make him. No. And he, no. he just, he wanted to make sure his family was taken care of. So what they got to go skiing in the Alps or whatever it is and like shit like that. But like, yeah. it didn't matter. He still made sure that his, for the, with, with the exception of, of, uh, not Ashley. Um, oh, uh, uh, oh God. I'm, God, I'm why am I, why am I, uh, uh, yeah. But anyways, she was <laughs> a little spoiled little yeah, brat. Yeah. yeah. Like she was spoiled, but wow. For being my, one of my favorite shows, I fucking forgot her name, but did we, we had, for, I, I, we forgot stuff on the office too. So it just yeah. it is what it is, but yeah, no, oh. I get you. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's, uh, so that, that was why with, with him, it was just like, he had this like um natural like you you really thought that James Avery was probably like that in real life. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what's I think it honestly kind of makes me think of um Mr. Feeney from uh mm. Boy Meets World was that um they said it in a really interesting way was that 
I think it was Will Friedel and Ryder Strong. They were uh, being interviewed and they said, what was your favorite Feeney advice? And they said, honestly, they're all good, but we didn't just learn from Feeney. Like, you know, the there was an actor underneath of that yeah, that right, we worked right. with that was, in our opinion, way wiser than the character and that we learned from every day. Um, James Avery just, he, he was a guy that, the camera just loved him. Yeah. And just no matter what he was doing, he just, he had such a beautiful way of portraying uncle Phil is that he could be very, very, you know, light. He's like, are you quick? Are you kidding me? Or whatever? Like, you know, you're going to be wrapped up in so much litigation. Your grandchildren are going to need lawyers. Like it's just, it's, he had that intensity. And I think that him being, you know, uh, starting off, cause wasn't it, he was a lawyer. And then became a judge. I'm pretty sure. Okay, because I don't think I've ever watched the whole thing. And, and the know, fact so yeah. that he he came from like a pig farm or something like that when he was younger, and mm. like be, that's what I mean. Like he, you get a little bit of a backstory from what I remember. Like he, not that he grew up like, uh, like in a shitty place, but I just don't think they had a lot of money, and that mm-hmm. they just they worked hard. Yeah. But then now he's a very successful judge, mm-hmm. and you know makes a lot of money and lives in a nice neighborhood. But again. <laughs> He still has those roots in him like that, and that's what I liked about it. So, okay, I actually have a uh, side question to everything. Okay, what's your favorite? Do- uh, yeah, what's your favorite Doctor Phil moment? What's your uh, favorite Uncle Phil moment? Um, it's either it's going to have to be between the scene with him and Will. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, that, or it's probably when um. <laughs> is it when oh fuck when they're having the pool party and <laughs> they, they go yeah yeah yo dad you bought my duck yeah, yeah and they're trying to like it's, it's like i think they're trying to reminisce of what happened like all three stories i think all of those because one he's like super sweet one is the truth and one he's this giant monster like hillary that's her name god hillary. damn it oh my god. Yes. sorry I had, I had to look it up it was bothering me yeah, i was hillary. going through the abcs in my head while you when, when i wasn't talking trying to get her name <laughs> no it's oh my god yeah because uh, dude the uh the entire like i remember watching that as a kid and just howling with laughter because it's the one time that we've ever seen carlton stand up to his <laughs> yeah and it's not real <laughs> <laughs> you bought my dog he's just like dude, oh i'm sorry like, <laughs> i didn't mean to if you guys could just keep it down just yeah. a little bit that'd be great like, <laughs> or that yeah. or, or when he um gets the British accent when one of his friends or somebody comes over that's British and he, he responds to him in the British accent constantly. And and, I don't think I've seen that. Oh God, you have to watch. Okay. We'll watch that. We'll watch that clip afterwards. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a good one. Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) Um, my absolute favorite, (laughs) favorite moment. I was half awake when I watched it and I was probably, I don't know, maybe seven or something. And it was when the cricket was in the house. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they couldn't find it. Like, they looked everywhere. And he and, stepped on it. The fact they're in the middle of an argument. <laughs> he walks up the step and, oh, I killed the cricket. <laughs> like, just, it was, we're, we are talking, I needed oxygen laugh. Like, I was kind of half awake, and then I realized what happened, and it was one of those, like, <laughs> <laughs> and just like just belly laughing at that point like 
I love comedy like that where it's they implement something that you're probably going to forget about because it becomes ambient. And then you realize later in the middle of an argument, now the story has changed. Now we're back to that and it's resolved. And it's <laughs> yeah. like completely or, on accident. Or like, the fact of, I forget what episode it was, but I think somebody woke him up. I, was it Vivian or was it somebody? But he was like, damn it, Vivian, get off me. I'm not a machine. Oh, yeah. That, yeah that's, it's when they were in the, uh, the cave together. It, it was him, Carlton, and, and Will. Yeah. Just, oh, my God. It was, oh, man. It's, I remember just... Uh, James Avery, just his portrayal was was great. I, I'm, I'm wow, Uncle Phil. That's not yeah. what I would have pegged. Like that's that's such a good choice. Like you said, it it's was awesome. just the fact of what drew me to him in the first place. Of just like always remembering him and seeing him in the show, even as I you know as a teenager and kid. But yeah, um, that's I don't know. Like I said, for one of them, I just I threw him in there. I thought that was a good one because it is somebody that like I quote aspire to be like. Who doesn't want to be successful and take care of their family and make sure that they have everything? Yeah, and then also remember where you came from and stay humble. Yeah, and then take that dad role because you're stepping up and being a man and doing that. So I think there was a lot to respect about him. You know, it's funny because even in the uh, episode where uh, with the whole uh, why don't why don't he want me? You know yeah. that, that whole thing. Um, when Will's dad looks at uh, Uncle Phil and says, I'm sorry, I was scared. And, and Phil looks at him. He's like, so, so was, was I. I. He's like, the difference is I didn't disappear. Right. And, and look what he did. Yes. And it's just that moment right there where it's like that wasn't Uncle Phil gloating. That was him being like, no, you dumbass. You didn't have to run. You right. chose to run. Exactly. And it's, it's just I don't think that there's a moment in television that has, I wouldn't say hit me the hardest, but has hit me like that episode did. Oh yeah. They're, like it's, I mean, we, we both have, you know, deep emotional feelings in that area of our lives for very different reasons. Mm. And I think that when, when a sitcom does that and when it has the ability to hit you that way, it's just, it's, it's proof that they do know what they're doing. It's mm. not just a throwaway show that they're, you know, getting their money every right. week. It's, no, like there, there is thought to this. There is something that's happening. The, you know? the other one, the other one that I almost chose was Dan Connor. Oh, dude, just be oh, just, like the struggle is real, but like he <laughs> makes it, and like he was just a real motherfucker. Yeah. Like, so yeah. Oh, um, my one of my favorite ones was when they're fighting. <laughs> and they're throwing stuff out and they're throwing things around. Like at one point he like picks the couch up and throws it out the front of the front door. And they're both sitting there like, <sighs> and he goes, get in the bedroom. And they both go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was about to be the best fuck ever. <laughs> well, uh, shifting gears, yeah. um, <laughs> just because of the, uh, it's funny. Um, cause of the subject matter, um, flower, uh, Drake on, um, leading into uh, my second one, which I think that with time, this is probably uh, we'll do uh, our last or I'll do yeah. this last one yeah. and then we'll uh, let it take us wherever we sure. go. Um, Flower Dracon wants to know, Kyle, I would love to know if you uh, have had any leader in your church that uh, in life that you look up to. If so, what was it about that person that got you? And it was creepy that I made my second choice well before I had ever put anything on discord and it's a, a buddy of mine that I've not talked to in a long time, but uh, I've mentioned him before, I think on uh, one channel or another here and there, but uh, JP. Okay. Um, 
JP is the guy that made me understand it because it's funny. Brian and I just uh, talked about this last night, but uh, he was what a Christian rock star adult should be. Sure. And I remember meeting him and not really understanding, you know, okay, like what, what, what do you do here? Like I, you know, I was so new, you know, so I didn't know like what role that he played and, come to find out that he was actually an ordained pastor and like he, you know, had uh, worked at uh, the church that we grew up in. Uh, well, sorry, one of the sister churches that they had planted. Yeah. So like we had connections where I was like, Oh my God, you know, this, this person and so-and-so and like, okay, awesome. And the small amount of time that I was involved in ministry, I got to work exclusively with him and our head pastor, Adam and JP. While I owe both of those guys, a lot of things. JP was the only, I think, true gray person I had in my life when I would come to him and I would ask him questions about things or when I would be struggling with something or if we were just geeking out about something. He was a guy that understood what it meant to be human. Mm. He never lost that. Um, When I was deep and struggling with something, he would just be like, look, dude, I get what's going on. He's like, I, I'm, if I were you, I'd be angry, too. And like, instead of just being like, Hey, this verse says you shouldn't be angry. Don't it was, you know, there, there was, there was a connection that always happened there. And, you know, I've, I've, I've traveled with him. I've, I've done ministry with him. I've played music with him. I've, you know, had some of the toughest conversations I've laughed with him. I've cried with him. Mm -hmm. It's JP is somebody that made me realize that you can do with your life, whatever you want. Hmm, okay. He was active in every church that he was ever a part of. He, I'm for, I can't remember if it was he owned his own cigar business or if he, uh, like either partnered with somebody, but he's an avid cigar smoker. Like he loves, you know, a good, like humidor that's full. Like I think, like the last time I went to, went to his house when he was living uh, around here, he had a whole humidor in his basement, you know, and it was just like, oh my gosh, like, oh, this, yeah. is, this is cool. Like, you know, like what other executive pastor, like you can come over, have a cigar with and talk about your life. <laughs> right. And what, what really got me about him was just the fact that he was bold. There was, there were so many moments that when things would happen was that he knew how to talk to people and confront people without it making, without making them again, like uncle Rex, like making them feel small. He did it in a way of look, dude, I'm really disappointed in you. I am, but I get it. Right. I understand. It's, it's a, you know, this is a, you know, this particular thing that I would be going through or something. He'd be like, yeah, man, it's an enemy that I know all too well. And I fight this on a daily basis. And it was, I never lost sight of the fact that my leader was a person too. Mm-hmm. Um, It was just, there was something so compelling about him. And, Knowing that, you know, he had his uh, pull in the in the music industry, like working for Pearl Drum Heads. And like, I think he even uh, did stuff with like Alice Cooper. Like he was a drum right. tech. And right. I, rem- I remember asking him, I was like, so I'm like, you know, Alice, he's like, no, he's like, I worked for Alice. Yeah, you right. Know, so I think that he said the only time he referred to him by name was when he said, uh, where is my old drum tech? <laughs> so, so, so I don't know. But it's it's That's just funny. it was weird to have that dynamic with him. Mm. And the hero part of him is I realize that not all heroes need to use 
rough words, violence or intimidation sure. or things like that to take control of a situation. And there was, there was a period of time that him and I, you know, were hanging out quite a bit, you know, cause like we kind of crossed paths enough at the church whenever I was doing things. I, I did video for them. And, uh, we had to go to somebody's house to help them with something. And one of the people there was severely confrontational, like things could possibly get physical. Mm, that's And good. we, we pulled up to the house and I, I looked at him and I'm like, are you ready? He's like, I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be. And he's like, he's like, just follow my lead. He's like, he's like, there's, there's nothing to be afraid of here. He's like, number one, I will protect you if anything should happen. <laughs> um, we weren't necessarily worried that there could be damage. It was more so the idea of like, we just didn't want involved in that kind of a thing. Um, even though we needed to be there for the reasons that we were there. And I remember the person that we thought was going to be an issue just broke down hmm. and just started crying. And JP looked at them and was like, are, are you okay? What's wrong? And they're like, they're like, I know you hate me. I I know you, it's like, like, you know what I've done, you know, all this. And he walked over to them, put his hand on their shoulder and said, I am commanded to love, not to condemn. I'm commanded to look and look for at the, um, look for the best in everybody, no matter what their track record is, because I was forgiven when I, when I didn't deserve it. Why would I treat you any different? Hmm. And from that point on, the entire situation, all the smoke got pushed out of the room. Like, you know, and, and it was just like, whoa, like, it's like, things are okay. Like, the situation didn't escalate. It didn't do this. Like, it was that moment of, of seeing that, you know, how, like, love does, it, it, it does a lot. Like, it, it conquers yeah. all. It does this. It's like, you when you introduce confrontation, that's when you have problems. Yeah. And... JP was just somebody that, you know, it's like, man, like, although I've not been able to speak to him, uh, you know, face to face or anything, um, you know, in the past, like however many years, but that man, uh, he made an impression on me. And I think that everybody that, um, that did ministry with him and did life with him in general, I think that that's, you know, I think they, I think they have a lasting impression too. Like he's left a mark that will uh, not go away and I wear it with pride and it's, he's just be somebody that I severely look up to yeah. a lot. That's yeah. Good. No, yeah. no, that's good. I mean, that's that's what they should be like. They should impact you that way. Yeah. You know, as far as like somebody that you're trying to follow in their footsteps or do the same thing in the future when you were trying to, you know, be, you know, be a youth pastor or be in the ministry and stuff like that. So that that's good. That's what it all. That's what it's all about, man. So just because you haven't seen them face to face in several years doesn't mean you're not you still don't look up to that person or you still don't, you know, are like friends with them. Like, yeah, it happens, man. It right. happens. Let's uh, shift gears to uh, bring this into a nice smooth landing. <clears throat> the casino guy and in parentheses, he has hip hop head. So you would relate. <laughs> um, <laughs> he asked, what would make a person lose hero status for you? If there's anything that would, you know, basically be like, nah, not anymore. I don't look up to you or whatever. Um, uh, yeah. So what's what do you got? It's it's going to fall back into that category of that selflessness and like, you know, not caring or not want, when when you're now pompous about it. Mm -hmm. Like that's one of the biggest reasons I don't like LeBron James. Mm -hmm. He calls himself the king. He calls himself. He gave himself half of his fucking stupid names. Michael Jordan never gave himself 
the greatest of mm-hmm. all time, the this and that, the best player to live. No, 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 no. He was deemed that. He doesn't call him, and he stated before, he's like, you know, what about the people before me? How, why am I? Like, I know that Michael Jordan has a lot against him as well as like kind of being like a pompous asshole in private. See, I still need to watch that uh series that they did or well, the movie or like where it went into how they trained, but I've heard yeah, good things, but, but yeah. it's just the fact of, I know that there are still bad things about him or things that, you know, he just didn't let in the uh, public eye, but that was because he also knew that he had to kind of be, you know, that public figure, but at the same time, you should have been doing this stuff. Anyways, what I'm saying right. is, is that, he didn't give himself those names. He he just lived up to it, and he also credited the other people where it's like, why? Why are you saying it's for me? Like, what about, you know, Akeem Olajuwon and all these people, mm-hmm. like, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and, like, he was rallying off all these people. He's like, people that I didn't even get to play with because they were before me. He's like, you know, so it's it's things like that. Like, he's very um selfless when it comes to that. That was kind of the first, like, uh like, uh, I guess, analogy I could come with as far as, like, somebody to, like, if he were to come out and be like, I'm the greatest fucking basketball player. To-. All right, Michael. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. It's like, calm down. Yes, you might be. Like, you probably, you no, know, you are. Mm-hmm. But now you're being a fucking douchebag about it. Yeah. I think that's where, like, you start losing cool points for me mm-hmm. to where it's like, well, now nah, I don't want to be like Mike anymore. Right. Because who wants to, you know, to worship and idolize what you're not supposed to do, but somebody that's being, (laughs) that's being like that. Yeah. No, man, that's toxic. You want that positiveness about you. So that's, that's what it would be is if you just, now you know it and you just constantly say it. Yeah, I agree. I I think that my, where I lose respect for people um, is, and I'm careful on how I say this is that like an easy target would be Kevin Spacey. You know, it's like, we're like an, an actor you've seen for years that, you know, and then something, it doesn't even have to be the nature of what he was mm-hmm. going on with him where it's like, bro, come on. Like, are you, are you shitting me? Like what, why, mm-hmm. why did you have to do this? It's seeing those stupid decisions. Now that does not mean that just because somebody makes a stupid decision once, that I lose complete respect for them. I mean, my God, Robert Downey Jr. went harder, oh, harder right. into the paint than anybody else did <laughs> yeah. and came back out of it not in, not covered with anything and is as clean as can be. And it's just like, nah, dude, he's on top of the world doing what he's doing. Like to me, it's it's your attitude. It's the right. It's the idea of that. It's like you know what? Well, I I can't control myself. I can't do no. You 100% can take responsibility, mm-hmm. get clean or, or, you know, uh, stop being an ego addict or stop, you know, being this right. or that, like an ego addict. There you go. It's, uh, there, I've, I've heard a couple of uh, famous people talk about that. Like, I think it was, uh, John Mayer, uh, actually like talked about like, you know, him recovering or getting out of like being an ego addict and being like, no, like I had to make a lot of big changes and think about how, you know, the rest of my life is going to be. And, you know, th- there's something to be said about that. You know, musicians, actors, um, politicians, like everybody yep. like that, like they're playing on a level that we can't understand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's very easy for that to be um, a default and to know that there are people alive now that resist and are still people. You know, it's like seeing the Keanu Reeves or seeing the Pedro yeah. Pascal, like, you know, whatever. Like, it's just wow. Like, <sighs> There, to me, I feel like there, there's just no excuse. And when I see somebody that is deliberately trying to push away or is deliberately um, doing things that you're like, bro, this is just moralistically wrong. This is not good. Like, it's just 
it's hard for me to enjoy uh, certain movies or certain music knowing people's actions, but I'm also very good, I guess, at separating the art where like sure. I don't I don't have the same reverence. I can't deny this is a good song though. Right. So it's I, like, I yeah. do the same thing. I, I know yeah. exactly what you mean. We're just like, God damn it, but it's so good, like or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's um that's that's interesting because I don't think I don't think everybody can do that. Mm. You know, they can't separate that to where it's like, oh well, <clears throat> I really like this person, but like you said, but blah 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 came out in the, in the in the news or something. But it's like, okay, well, you still like the song or the the movie beforehand, so it's like I'm not gonna not like it, you know, still. But right. there is that part part of it. But in the future, like, dude, come on, why? Like, yeah. why would you do that? Like, there's just, there's no reason. Just yeah, it's it's your life that bankrupt, <laughs> like being on the level that you are that you have to. I don't know. It's yeah. that's a whole different conversation. But um, tonight was a very interesting one. I just wanted to kind of open the doors a little bit, and uh, that's the one thing that people have been saying is that they want to know us more they want to know how we think and what we do and you know I, I think that getting to dive into this is something that will just help you guys peel back the layers a little bit and just know us a little bit more so uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up and if you guys have been watching up to this point thank you so very much make sure that you like and subscribe and and hit that notification bell because YouTube's algorithm right now is awful mm-hmm. um, make sure that you guys are checking things out comment what you would like us to talk about in the next episode and let us know what you liked about this one Eric, give us a goodbye and do your thing. Deuces. (laughs) Adios.